Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. And we're back. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball today on Tuesday, July 6th. Hope everybody had a happy and healthy 4th of July weekend. Also, hope you enjoyed our cookout draft. We had a lot of fun with that one. A very crispy Frank Stample joined by Scott White and Chris <laughs> Towers. Scott, how was your weekend, man? You're you're not looking nearly as sunburnt as I am, so I actually no. I, I I feel great for you that that is not the case. I hope you also did not have to eat any carrot and raisin salad or anything. I did not. No, <laughs> I, I, you know I was thinking though as I was enjoying uh, my Fourth of July cookout cookout. Not at all prepared by me, of course. So you know. Not like I not like I need to be casting blame or anything, but zero picks. Zero of my picks from the cookout draft were were made available to me. So um it was great though. Barbecue ribs. Um probably the best barbecue ribs I've ever had, to be frank. From frank. where? Uh from my father in law. From my oh. father in law's grill. They were delicious. Very good. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Davy? Yeah. Which, you know, is preferable to hot dogs just from a pure culinary, cul- cul- just from, from a culinary perspective. But of course, uh, you know, you think 4th of July cookout, you're thinking in and out of the pool, you think probably some kids running around, you want to keep the food pretty versatile. It was more of a sit-down meal for our 4th of July, but it was great. Can't complain. Very nice. Yeah, that's what Chris pointed out in our cookout draft, that if you get the ribs done the right way, they do have very, very high upside. Chris, how you doing, bud? I know you went away for the weekend. Yeah, long, long weekend, man. I am I am feeling every bit of my 33 years after <laughs> three days in a row of drinking and staying up late and hanging out. And Yeah, it's... It was it was a great weekend though. Atlanta's a lovely town. Love uh, got to go to the aquarium, saw some fishies. It's like a zoo for fishies, so it's great. Love it. They got big fishies there, man. They got the the manta rays. They're like this big. It's great. Good time. Whale they sharks, still have a like whale shark. Big. They still got the whale shark. They got two. They got two juvenile two. whale sharks. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've never Apparently been to ATL. One of them died. Apparently, a whale oh. shark died last year. You oh. need a really big net to get that out. Is it a male like, and a female know. whale shark? Can they make baby whale boys. sharks? I think it's two little boys. Uh, it's yeah. not going to work. I've never been to ATL myself, but uh, I've heard very good things. Great town. I've got to. I've got to make my way out there. Obviously, yeah. I just. I didn't get the memo. You know, you go to the Sunshine State. You're supposed to wear sunscreen, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if I take this shirt off that I'm wearing right now, which is like a salmon e color, 
it would still look like I'm wearing the same exact shirt. So I am. I was out at the pool all weekend, Frank. You wouldn't know it by looking at me, but see, I I, I know how to prepare for that. I'm in a very very bad place right now. But let, let's talk about some baseball. It's, it was a very long weekend. Oh my good goodness gracious! Of course, we're going to talk about Garrett Cole and Aroldis Chapman and the sticky stuff being down for those guys and a few other pitchers. I know we talk about that a lot, so it seems like we say the same thing every time, but frustration is building for a lot of fantasy managers who have Garrett Cole and have Aroldis Chapman. So we'll try and talk it out, figure out what we're going to do. Maybe you should try and buy low on Garrett Cole if you can get him cheap enough. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But Chris, we'll start with you. Who's your oh my goodness gracious player from the past four days? That's a lot of baseball. Yeah, I'm working on the waiver wire column for this weekend. I totally blanked out that this would be the first one since Friday morning. So I've got a lot to write about. But one of the guys I'm going to write about is Joe Ross, who had another very, very good start. Uh, that is, what, six, real, five really good starts in a row. I guess technically six. He gave up four runs, but none of them were earned. So in terms of his ERA, six really good starts in a row for uh, Joe Ross or Five out of six, I guess. But 231 ERA, 44 strikeouts, 39 innings pitched over those five, uh, six starts. That is well over six innings per start. He's gone over 100 pitches in three of the six, over 88 in five of the six. Um, I don't quite understand how Joe Ross is doing this. He is throwing harder, um, but he's pretty heavily reliant on his fastballs still. But he was a really interesting young pitcher, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And Injuries have been a real problem for him, but he's healthy now. He's 28 years old, and maybe you know he's tapping into some of that uh, potential that he once showed. It's been a very impressive stretch for him so far. Yeah, and this was probably the most impressive start within that stretch of starts for Joe Russ. Maybe not, actually. I know he had another eight-inning start in there, but against the Dodgers, six and two-thirds, three runs, zero walks to 11 strikeouts. The fastball velocity has been up, but specifically his last two starts, he's been up around 95 miles per hour, so that's like way up from where he was at earlier on in the season there for Joe Ross. He's 64% rostered. Scott, I'm going to throw this one your way. Between Joe Ross, Logan Gilbert, who over his last six starts has a 2.90 ERA, and Zach Thompson, who has now been very good through his five starts, he's got a 2.25 ERA, 14.8% swinging strike rate. Logan Gilbert, Joe Ross, Zach Thompson, all between 58% and 70% rostered. How would you rank those three, Scott? I think I'm gonna put I think I'm gonna put Ross at the bottom of that group because you you happen to Ooh. to you happen to pick out two players I really like in uh, in Logan Gilbert and Zach Thomas. Zach Thompson. That, that's the order I would rank them, by the way. And they're both getting a ton of whiffs. I, I mean, w- what was interesting about, uh, about Logan Gilbert on Friday is he got 15 whiffs. He threw only seven sliders. So remember, he was hardly featuring the changeup early on. It was just fastball slider, basically, gradually working in that slider more. He threw 73 fastballs, 16 changeups, and seven sliders and still got 15 whiffs. So I really like the way he's going as he mixes in that slider more. It, it you know, not so dependent as he mixes in that change of more. Sorry, not so dependent on the slider. Uh, I think Gilbert is showing us something with that. And and Zach Tom and, his, and worth noting, Gilbert's velocity was up, uh, hit ninety eight a couple times oh, nice. in the start and average ninety five ninety five point seven. His year average ninety four point eight. So you know that's not that's good. Either. Ten yeah. laps with the four seamer. 
Zach Thompson on Sunday, you mentioned 15 whiffs, Frank. Three on the fastball, three on the cutter, three on the curveball, six on the changeup. I mean, guy's got a lot of pitches, and all of them seem capable of getting swinging strikes. So, um, you know, it's the unlikeliest breakout I've ever seen. I've said that before, 27-year-old without much of a minor league track. Not a very good minor league track record, but he looks really impressive. I don't have a problem. Like, Joe Ross has to be rostered at this point, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense how he's succeeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the thing is, he has two starts with a combined 18 or runs. You take those two starts out of Joe Ross's season, and, and he's got an ERA like right around two <laughs> as opposed to right around four. So, you know, and, and that way it's even more impressive than it looks. But, uh, but yeah, not, not a lot of swinging strikes, not a lot of ground balls. Not a great walk rate. Not really sure how it's happening, but it's good enough. It's good enough to roll with for now. Logan Gilbert, Joe Ross, and RP eligible too. Yeah. For yes, for Joe Ross, yes, he has SPARP eligibility. And Zach Thompson is too. There you go. We have two SPARPs there for those of you in points leagues: Gilbert, Joe Ross, and Zach Thompson. Again, three names that should not be available on your waiver wire. Chris, would you be okay dropping? Rich Hill and Marco Gonzalez, they had clunkers over the weekend. Adbert Alzali, he was pretty good, actually. Seven innings, three runs, but he has a 6.14 ERA in three starts since coming off the IL. Would you be okay dropping Hill, Marco Gonzalez, Alzali for any, all of these three? Yeah, I'd be fine dropping any of them uh, for any of those three. I think at at that point in the pitcher rankings, you're just trying to cycle through and, and catch lightning in a bottle and the uh, the three guys you're you'd be adding currently have some spark. All right, Scott, you are up. Oh my goodness gracious! From the four days, who you got? I might be overlooking somebody here, but <laughs> there's a lot of notes to go through. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Kenta Maeda, who for the first time all season on Sunday had a start that looked like basically every Kenta Maeda start last year. Six innings, two hits. 10 strikeouts, seven on the splitter, seven on the slider, whiffs, that is, 18 whiffs total, seven on the splitter, seven on the slider. I think those were his two most thrown pitches, too. I didn't really see a lot of reason why it was so much better and any kind of change he made. There was a story on the Twins website about how he wore high socks for the first time, but I I doubt (laughs) Ah, that had anything to do with it. That was it. That was it. Uh, he said, you, you know, your, your blood's your blood flows better when you're wearing tight socks. Maeda himself said he did a better job of attacking hitters in the zone. So, you know, I, I don't doubt there was a change in his approach that contributed to this, this improved stat line, but whether or not he can continue it, what exactly it was, I, I can't really speak to that, but it, it does, it does make me hopeful that we'll still get something out of Kenta Maeda this season when he's mostly looked like a lost cause. It also helped that he was going up against the Royals, so take that into True. account True. here because the Royals' offenses, they've really floundered since the earlier part of the season. But speaking of hitting, um, attacking hitters inside the zone, 76% first pitch strike percentage for Kent Maeda in that start against the Royals, which is which was a season high, and for the season, he's at 59.7%. So I think it stands to reason that 
he should continue to attack hitters within the zone and try to establish that, <laughs> that strike zone yeah. earlier on. Easier said than done, I assume, but yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, yeah, so great start there from uh, Kenta Maeda. I don't think there's anything much more to add. Hopefully he can build off of this start for for him because I, he's been dropping down my ranks. He's like closer to falling out of the top 50 now. So uh, some confidence there from Kenta Maeda. Let's talk about it. The Yankees, they stink. And specifically Garrett Cole and Aroldis Chapman. You know, people get on me for talking about the Yankees. Look, the Yankees have a lot of fantasy viable players that we need to talk about, especially when they're pitching or playing this poorly. So for Garrett Cole up against the Mets on Sunday, it really, everything just kind of came to a head here. Three and a third, six hits, four runs. It was his shortest, shortest start since 2016. He only threw five sliders, which was a season low. Garrett Cole's first eight starts of the season, he had a 1.37 ERA, 15.8% swinging strike rate. His next nine starts, a 4.47 ERA. This is from mid-May on. So basically, Garrett Cole has been a below-average starting pitcher for more starts of the season than not at this point. That's saying a lot for someone who was drafted in the first round as one of the top three starting pitchers in fantasy baseball. And then Aroldis Chapman, he gave up three runs without a, uh, recording an out. He has a 14.54 ERA in 12 appear, appearances since the start of June. And obviously, a lot of this coincides with the crackdown on sticky substances, foreign substances. Aaron Boone was noncommittal on Aroldis Chapman being the Yankees' closer after the game on Sunday. So that is very telling about where they were at. And he was just named an all-star too, right after that. So that was uh, <laughs> ironic, I guess, on top of yeah, everything. Yeah, those, those reliever stats can flip pretty quickly. And that's yeah. what's happened with him because his ERA was like a month ago, it was below one, right? <laughs> it was, it was the oh, best. He was having like a historically good season. Yeah. We, we, I talked about it. It was the best that I ever saw Roldis Chapman pitch. He incorporated the splitter to go wrong, along with his slider and obviously a near 100 mile per hour fastball. Was that all attributed to using sticky substances? It kind of looks no. like it now. I don't know that we can completely draw that conclusion, but yeah, it's kind of coincided yeah. with all of this happening. So look, with Garrett Cole, if you have him on your fantasy team or you're advising someone who does have him, what do you do? Like, do you just hold on to him? Do you not start him for now? He's facing the Astros this week. How can you start Garrett Cole against the Astros right now? I would start him. You do it. That's scary. It's scary, man. No, I, I get that. But like, you just, you do it because it's <laughs> Garrett Cole. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a, a loser's mentality, but. But he's just not Garrett just, Cole. You know what I'm saying, Chris? He's not. Right. But he's not. I don't know. We've seen stuff like this from him before. Like, not exactly like this, but do you guys remember what his ERA was after uh, he had a 10 start stretch? basically at the start of the 2019 season where he had, he had a 411 ERA after his first 11 starts, but this 10 start stretch was 437. That's pretty comparable yeah. to uh, what we're seeing from him over his last night. Now, obviously the last, what is it? Five starts, especially have been is it five or six starts that have been just especially rough six starts. So back to the, the start of June. And if you look at his worst six starts, yeah, this is his worst six-start stretch of the last four years. He has a 524 ERA. He had a six-start stretch at the beginning of 2019 with a 471 ERA. He had a six-start stretch last season with a 419 ERA. I'm not mm -hmm. saying there's nothing wrong with Garrett Cole. Clearly, something's not right. His strikeout rate is much lower than we're used to, even during those previous poor stretches. 
I don't know. I, I think maybe what we're seeing is just that maybe, okay, maybe he's not the best pitcher in baseball or one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball. Maybe he's more like a low threes ERA guy with a ton of strikeouts, and we're seeing the bad stretch of a low threes ERA version of Garrett Cole rather than the bad stretch of a mid twos ERA Garrett Cole. You know, it is a good point that you bring up because usually he's a slow starter. And even last year, his first eight starts, a 3.91 ERA. And that's not what you're mm. used to getting from Garrett Cole either. So I guess maybe he's just going through this in the middle part of the season. It's just obviously it's coming at a well, at, that, at a weird time fact, with the sticky substances. Right. The fact that it coincides with the, the yeah. drop in spin rates, one of the biggest drop in spin rates of any pitcher. Um, and, and you can't say it's not something right yeah he's having to adjust but like every time a pitcher or hitter struggles i don't think it's just random chance they're struggling now because that's how luck would happen i mean i mean sometimes that's the case but usually that's not the case if you look at a a struggling pitcher or struggling hitter all the underlying numbers say they're bad too well Um, i mean think about they're working earlier there was nothing physically wrong with luis castillo Mm-hmm. He just needed to pitch better, and then he started well, pitching better. But there was probably something that was off a little mechanically, or right, maybe right, no, but I mean, like he wasn't for hurt. certain pitches. I, I right, mean, no, there, I, there's, I, there's always something to explain struggles, yeah. and we usually don't hear what that something is, so we just say, ah, regression to the mean, whatever. No, what we I meant was like, there's no, there was no physical, like there, he wasn't hurt. Sure, you know, and this so time it, it's hard to see, like. Like, yes, Garrett Cole should be worse if his fastball is less effective, if it's spinning less. But, like, we're still talking about a fastball that averages 98 miles per hour and yeah. has 2,400 RPMs yeah. spin rate, which is so still spins really, a lot more really, than really his, hot. Spins a lot more than his Pirates days. So, he's, and so this yeah. time we know what the source of the struggles are, but, like, he's going to he's going to adjust for that and still be a good pitcher, I think. And it could begin with his very next start. So that's why... Um, you know, during the stretch, he's had some really good starts, yeah. some bad ones. It, too. It's, it's just hard to see how even even if the spin rate is lower, how a guy who throws 98 with the curveball that he has and a, you know, a changeup that he can still throw 91 with movement. Like it's hard to see how he's not going to be very, very good moving forward, even if he's not, you know, a first round caliber ace. Uh, real quick, just give me a yes or no answer. If someone in your league is freaking out, would you be looking to buy low on Garrett Cole right now? Oh, yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, as for Aroldis Chapman, Chad Green pitched in the second game of the doubleheader on Sunday. He went three perfect innings with six strikeouts. I believe one of those was an immaculate inning as well. So if anything happens to Chapman where they move away from him as the closer for a couple of weeks, whatever it might be, Chad Green might be the name there. If you want to bench Aroldis Chapman right now, I, I can't really blame you, but you might miss out on saves uh, if they do go back to him. Some other spin rate standouts from the weekend. Lucas Giolito, he was at the Tigers. All of a sudden, the Tigers are not this like easy matchup that we all thought they were earlier in the season, by the way. like Since the beginning of June, they've actually been a pretty formidable offense. Uh, for Giolito, five innings, 10 hits, six earned runs. The ERA is up to 4.20. Uh, the fastball and slider were down over 174 RPM. Uh, Tarek Skubal, up against the White Sox, five innings, eight hits, five runs. Velocity was down a little bit. His slider spin rate was down 345 RPM. He'd been really good over his last eight starts before that, so I don't know if there's anything there. Dylan Cease uh, at the Minnesota Twins, five and a third, six runs. Still had 18 swinging strikes. 
his fastball spin rate down 254 RPM. And then Walker Bueller on Monday, five innings, four runs, three of those were earned. Five different pitches at least down at least 191 RPM. Anyone from this group that you are actually concerned with? Gilito, Tarek Skubal, Dylan Cease, Walker Bueller. I think you have to be a little concerned about Cease. I mean, he's far less proven than than Giolito and Bueller, for instance. Yeah. And Scooble, you know, Scooble too, I think. Yeah, sure. Just because of the uh, record. You know, he, I, I don't has Scooble's ERA dropped below four at any point this season? Like, is you don't have the same level of investment in Scooble as yeah. you do in Cease. Mm-hmm. So, um, Cease at the end of May, he had an ERA below three, and now it's above four. I will point out his previous two starts were good. Allowed two hits in six innings last time. Uh, the strikeouts have been good. Frank, you mentioned the whiffs have been good. Um, One thing this list does make me think of, um, and something we brought up with Garrett Cole and a couple other pitchers early on when we were talking about the spin rate stuff, but, you know, Cease, I think Giolito probably accounts for, and I think Scooble, I mean, it's early, but certainly in his career, he hasn't had great control. These all strike me as, except for Bueller, these all strike me as like middling command guys who get by on, you know, stuff more than command. And, you know, you're, if your stuff's not quite as good, your margin for error is a little slimmer. And I think that's, you know, when I look at the, the spin rate stuff, I, I think that's the kind of pitcher that I think would be impacted the most. But, you know, for all these guys, I still think they're going to be mostly fine. Like, I think Giolito's just like Cole, just in a little bit of a rough patch. And I think he'll be, he'll figure it out. I'm less confident about Scooble and Cease just because we're talking about, you know, a couple good months for those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, but, I still think for the most part, these guys will be fine. And even in the, yeah, and even in the case of Cease and Scooble, like it, it may make them a little t- too unreliable. For to be anything more than matchups play the rest of this season, that that's what I think the worst case scenario is. But even you know, but from like a dynasty perspective, a long term perspective, I'm not dumping Cease and Scooble. I'm not you know yeah. selling them for fifty cents on the dollar because their spin rates are down. Before we hit the news and notes, just want to let you know about what's going on at CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with morning buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know. And come back or leave us on all day at 6 p.m. where we break down all the night's action and release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world. How to watch HQ? It's easy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really most connected TVs, and look for the CBS Sports app. Fire it up. Check out HQ, the only 24-7 free sports streaming network. On to news and notes from the four-day weekend. We had big news on the Trevor Bauer front. And again, just want to express how serious the situation is with him. Uh, Obviously, Trevor Bauer is dealing with charges of sexual assault right now. He was placed on the seven-day commissioner's exempt list. And the seven days do end this Friday but then he could be transferred to an indefinite leave. So uh, they've already come out and said that he's not likely to pitch before the All-Star break, and uh, that's really all the information we have as of now in terms of Trevor Bauer. Zach Plesak will be activated to start Thursday's game against the Royals, so Cleveland getting someone back in their rotation, much needed. Trey Turner is expected to be... You know, I wrote this earlier in the day. He was back in the lineup. Any home? He was. He was in the lineup today. He crushed a home run. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, Dusty like Baker. First pitch he saw, I think. 
Dusty Baker expressed hope that Kyle Tucker would return from his back injury on Tuesday, so much needed there. Jack Flaherty was transferred to the 60-day IL for the Cardinals, which means he will not be back until early August. So, a pretty big loss there for uh, Jack Flaherty. I think he went down in, like, May. So, he's going to be out close to three months at that point. Uh, Marlins yeah. pitcher Sixto Sanchez, this one, I guess is not all that surprising, but he's going to undergo season ending shoulder surgery and MRI revealed a small tear in the posterior capsule of his right shoulder. So it's actually kind of worrisome long-term. If you have six of Sanchez in a keeper or dynasty league, obviously don't sell him short, but uh, not the news that you want to hear. Yasmani Grandal returned on Monday and then left with that same calf injury that he's been dealing with, likely headed to the IL. Same thing could be said for Eddie Rosario, who, was dealing with a persisting right abdominal strain, and uh, he exited Monday's action as well. So could also land on the IL. Michael Lorenzen could return from the IL on Saturday with the Cincinnati Reds. He was a candidate to start for them earlier in the season. Chris, we were talking a little bit about him beforehand. You think maybe there's a chance he gets worked into the back end of that bullpen? What are you thinking? Well, yeah, just given how shaky the back end of that bullpen has been and how they haven't really been able... Uh, to settle on an answer, he will probably be back before Lucas Sims and TJ Antone, right? Yeah, Lucas Sims and TJ Antone. Probably a couple more weeks away. Yeah, they're looking at late July. Yeah, so I'm not, there's no guarantee he'll get it, but Doolittle hasn't been great. Amir Garrett obviously has had some very high profile meltdowns. So, you know, he was in that discussion before the season. I think there's a chance at least. The thing is, Brad Brock has actually been really good for the Reds. They're just using him for the heart of the order, these, you know, fireman role opportunities that they have throughout the course of the game. So Brock's been good. They're just not using him as the closer. They, uh, they've been using Heath Embry. I think he's gotten the last two saves. Yeah, But he has an ERA over five, so I don't know how long that'll last. Yeah, Hembry got saves on, I believe it was both Saturday, Friday and Saturday. He's 9% rostered. So I don't know why I made the H on his name silent. So that, was, <laughs> that was a weird thing I just did. Yes. I was thinking like Herb or something. I don't know. Yes. But even the name Herb would you know, say the H. So it doesn't even, I have no excuse. <laughs> Again, that is Heath Hembry. Buster Posey was out of the Giants lineup on Monday with a left thumb contusion. He's day to day. Jose Ramirez was back in the lineup Monday despite dealing with. With an elbow injury, he went two for four with two steals. So nice to see Jose Ramirez running again. Uh, Josh Donaldson with his hamstring and Nelson Cruz with his neck remained out of the lineup on Monday. Anthony Rendon was out on Monday with hamstring tightness. Andrew McCutcheon was back in the lineup Monday after dealing with an oblique injury. Uh, Jonathan India was scratched with a sore right ankle. The Braves optioned Kyle Muller back to AAA over the weekend, but apparently will be recalled after the All-Star break. They didn't need a fifth starter this week. Uh, The Angels also sent down Griffin Canning after a rough outing on Friday. They also have an off day this week. They haven't been as committal saying that Canning would be back after the All-Star break. So this is something to watch just in case. I don't think that the Angels are going to do it. But if they don't bring someone else into their rotation, then they're going to go with a five-man rotation, which means we could get two start. I wonder if maybe the schedule schedule lines up after the All-Star break to give them a... The opportunity to go five man, but still keep Otani on that extra day. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, but we will monitor that situation. The Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, recently indicated that the team will discuss having David Price stretch out as a starter. So keep that in mind. I 
I guess that means either Tony Gonsolin will be used more so out of the bullpen. Maybe they plan to limit Julio Arias at some point, but interesting. David Price. Uh, Lucas Sims and TJ Anton, we already mentioned this, could return to the Reds in late July. These names were placed on the IL since Friday. Kyle Schwarber went on the IL with a right hamstring strain. He said that he heard a pop in his hamstring while rounding first base. There's no official timetable, but it sounds pretty significant for Schwarber, which is very unfortunate. He was playing amazing. Going back to Price, I, I think they just have an opening in their rotation. Yeah. I think they have oh, for right. a while. Right, because of Trevor Bauer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. patchwork there. Uh, yeah. Zach and, Allen. And the Angels one, they can go at least one turn through the rotation with Otani pitching on the extra day of rest without needing an extra pitcher. So it could be that. You know, they can get to about late July before they need a, a sixth starter. All right, that's good to know. Zach Allen went on the IL with a right hamstring strain. Sammy Long was placed on the 10-day IL with for the Giants due to mild low back strain. Uh, we had some returns over the weekend as well. Fran Reyes came back on Friday. He had three hits. He added three more hits on Monday with a home run, so nice to see Fran Reyes picking up where he left off. Didi Gregorius returned Friday with a home run. Andrew Benintendi returned. Nico Horner, Blake Snell came back, pitched four shutout on Sunday. Yoan Moncada was back on Monday. Danny Jansen returned for the Blue Jays on Saturday. And we do have some prospect updates and an unfortunate one. Padres 20-year-old super prospect C.J. Abrams will miss the rest of the season after being diagnosed with a fractured left tibia and a sprained MCL. Pretty significant injury for someone who relies on speed. Uh, So worth monitoring there for sure. Uh, He was batting 290 with two homers and 13 steals at double A again, the name there, CJ Abrams. The Red Sox outfield prospect Jaron Duran was not selected for Team USA in the Olympics because the Red Sox felt they may need to call him up. Well, come on. What are we waiting for, Boston? Let's get the show on the road here with Jaron Duran. I'm currently stashing him in a few 15 team roto leagues. We need him. We need some Jaron Duran. Uh, Brewers 2020 first round pick outfielder Garrett Mitchell was promoted to double A. He was hitting 359 with five homers and 12 steals at high A. Power speed combination there. Pirates pitching prospect Ronzi Contreras, who we've talked about many times, is dealing with forearm tightness. So hopefully nothing uh, too major there. And Rays pitching prospect Luis Patino was sent back down to AAA Friday after allowing seven runs to the Blue Jays. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return... Come back with some waiver wire hitters from the weekend. We'll do that here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, so Akil Badu was not in the lineup on Monday, but he had seven hits over his previous four games with four steals during that span. He is 48% rostered. We've been talking about Badu for a while now, but Scott, I mean, are we getting to the point where he needs to be added in points leagues. I know he has really good plate discipline. Um, what do you think about Akil Badu? I mean, the point production hasn't been there. There, there. there hasn't been enough power. Inconsistent playing time hurts more in points leagues. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was making some waiver wire moves for outfielders in points leagues this weekend. And among the available outfielders, Badu just didn't measure up. 
Okay, so we're looking at... He's just a 12-team roto guy. Yeah, 12 teams are deeper with five outfielders, basically, for Akil Badu at this point. He's playing very well, though. Uh, among mm-hmm. these three first-base eligible hitters, two of them are first-base and outfield eligible, uh, Andrew Vaughn now has 10 hits over his previous six games. That was not including Monday. Didn't check to see what Andrew Vaughn... Honestly, there was a lot going on, guys, so I do apologize there. Uh, but he did have ten home, uh, two home runs over his last six games. Andrew Vaughn, 62% rostered. Uh, Dom Smith, maybe July is finally the month for Dom Smith. Eight hits, three homers, seven runs, seven RBI. Five games in June. It helped that he was playing in Yankee Stadium. Joey Votto, 25 games since coming off the IL. 295 batting average, six homers, with a 93-mile-per-hour average exit velocity during that span. All are rostered between 62 and 66% of leagues, so more so shallow league ads here. Vaughn, Smith, Votto. Rank them in terms of who has the most upside, Chris. Oh, gosh. That, that wasn't the question I was expecting. Um, yeah, that, you who has the most upside? That's a weird phrasing there. <laughs> we need upside. I, I think... I mean, Votto has the least upside, I feel like I'm just, right? <laughs> Votto's the one I, I like, want. That's only because Votto's the one who we know who he is. The other two guys, like, you can wow. kind of see, like, oh, Dom Smith had those two great months last season, yeah. and Andrew Vaughn is this big prospect. But, like, Joey Votto's, you know, final 35 games or whatever last year were pretty good. Um, the, the thing I is, I think Votto is the Votto, one I want, and he does have the lowest upside. Right, exactly. Like, Votto... I'm tired of writing about him in waiver wire and in sleeper hitters. You guys need to pick up Votto already. And yeah, he probably has the least upside if I'm going to answer your precise question there, Frank. Thank you. Of this group. Yeah, that's the answer. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to add on on Vaughn or Dom Smith? I'm, I Vaughn, still think Smith has pretty... Maybe massive isn't the right word. I'm overselling him. I don't know. I like Dom Smith a lot coming into the year, so maybe I'm a little bit more biased, but... Anything on Smith and Vaughn? Yeah. Look, Vaughn's heating up, I think, in a way that's a little more notable than Smith. And, um, But I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in these guys going forward just because they've had a good week, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, the um, thing with Vaughn is, like, he's been hitting the ball hard all season. It's just that the play discipline hasn't been good. And so if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic about him, it's the fact that that part of his game is already here. And so if he can cut the strikeout rate to 22%, he's at like 26% overall, you know, he could have a really, really strong close to the season. I think he will. So I'm still, you know, if I can hang on to Vaughn still, you know, especially now that he's heating up, I definitely want to. Yeah, we we talked about Vaughn a little bit, Chris. I think it was last week where his month-by-month splits are kind of all over the place where one month he was hitting too many ground balls, the other month he's hitting too many fly balls. But, you know, if he just kind of finds that level of consistency, then maybe we could get um, a big second half from Andrew Vaughn. Worth mentioning, Max Kepler had a double dong on Monday as well. Uh, the power and speed has been there for him recently. Last 15 games, four homers, two steals, but he's only batting 182 during that stretch. So uh, keep that in mind. I don't know that you're ever going to get much batting average from Max Kepler, but like it's been really bad this year. If you do play in a oh, two, two catcher he's league. kind of Kevin Biggio-esque in the swing profile. Yeah, for Max Kepler. Yeah, it's a lot of fly balls um, where he probably excelled in that 2019 season because it was the juice ball. I don't know that we're ever going to get back to that level, but obviously still yeah. an okay lineup. You know, the Twins have underwhelmed 
so far this year. If you do play in a two-catcher league, a few catchers have emerged or re-emerged. Elias Diaz, his last 15 games, batting 306 with five home runs. He's basically the everyday catcher for the Rockies, so that means something. He's 9% rostered. The other name there, Eric Haas, who is heating back up. He's got five home run, uh, five hits with uh, a double dong over the weekend. He's 26% rostered. Scott, if you're playing a two-catcher league, Diaz or Haas? I will have to say Diaz for now. Well, it looks like they've started playing Haas more. So Haas has started four of the last five, but he had sat out three in a row before that. So, um, yeah. If if the Rockies are at home, Diaz, otherwise Haas. That, yeah, that's the thing is right now the Rockies are on the road. So mm. it's probably Haas. But next Rockies homestand, Diaz. All right, let's take a look at some hitters in deeper leagues. Actually, I don't know if Jake Fraley deserves to be here. Maybe he should be rostered in 12-team, at least Roto Leagues with five outfielders. He had a massive game on Friday, which seems forever ago, but a home run and two steals in that game. He now has seven homers and seven steals on the season over, I believe it was like 34, 35 games, something like that. A 30-30 pace over 150 games for Jake Fraley, who had a pretty good June. He's 25% rostered. Should he be rostered in 12-team, five-outfielder leagues? Definitely OBP leagues. And yeah, I think five-outfielder, 12-teams. Yeah. I mean, just for the... the, You get a base dealer who also has some power. And, um, you know, Jared Kelnick's heating up at at AAA. Tacoma, I believe it is, for the Mariners. And... uh, uh, Jerry Depoto, the GM, was on the radio this Friday saying he was going to be up again soon. Kelnick was, which, you know, we didn't really need to hear him say that, but nonetheless, he said it. Like, Fraley's, I think, his job is safe even when Kelnick comes back because you got Taylor Tram- Trammell getting starts out there. He's still batting under 200. Uh, Shed Long started to take some of Trammell's at bats, but those two can just both go away. Fraley's. Sticking around, I think. All right. I have two other deep league outfielders. Oscar Mercado came back for Cleveland, just kind of under the radar, just returned back to the team. Uh, but he had a solid June at AAA, 265 batting average, five homers, six steals. So some of that power speed for Oscar Mercado. And Ben Gamel, who's been hot for the Pirates, double dong on Monday. He's got eight hits with four homers over his last five games. Both of these gentlemen are a combined 3% rostered in CBS League. So... Chris, between Mercado and Gamel, any interest? Mercado more than Gamel, but not much in either. I need to see a lot from Mercado at this point. I, I did like him coming into the season as a sleeper, but just not sure how much he's going to play. Not sure how good he is. All right, before we get to the rest of the weekend's action, we're very happy to announce that Express is back as a sponsor of the podcast. Express Confidence, Express You. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Got to start with their cotton stretch shirts, which is what I'm wearing right now, actually. Really comfortable. I actually, I genuinely enjoy Express clothing. I've been wearing them for years, even before we've had them as a sponsor. So I actually am pretty Pretty stoked that we have them again. Uh, Breathable, stretch-infused cotton for all-day comfort. My first priority is always comfort. If I'm not comfortable, I'm not confident. It's that easy. They are also machine washable, so you don't have to worry about dry cleaning and are available in all different kinds of colors. I'm wearing the salmon shirt, same color as uh, my my sunburnt face and arms right now, but they come in a wide variety of colors. Maybe you need something to dress up. 
for a special occasion, a wedding, graduation, whatever it might be. Express offers suiting and separates designed to be worn together as a suit or separately with casual pieces. I bought one of their slim-fitting olive blazers from the Lux Comfort Collection, and it really is the perfect combination of style and comfort. Available in chambray, linen, seersucker, and the aforementioned Lux Comfort Knit. Make sure to be on the lookout for great summer deals in stores and at express.com. Express confidence, express you. Some other standouts from the weekend in terms of hitters. And guys that have been bouncing back. Shohei Otani. I mean, what else are we going to say? All-Star Week is actually this one I'm looking forward to more than ever before. Because we get to see Shohei Otani in the Home Run Derby in Coors Field. It's just, I, how many home runs is this guy going to hit? It's going to be ridiculous. And he's going to pitch and he's going to hit in the All-Star Game. So that's awesome. He had three more hover, homers over the weekend. Now has 31 home runs, 67 RBI, and 12 steals before the All-Star break. It's just ridiculous. Kevin Biggio in 21 games since returning from the IL. He's hitting 284, three homers, and 880 OPS. Trevor Story has home runs in back to back games over his last 15 games 288 with six homers and four steals. Manny Machado had a double dong on Sunday. Looks like he's back. His last 15 games, 360 batting average, five homers, three steals. Tommy Edmond bouncing back again his last seven games, 393 batting average with three steals. Jose Abreu. Gets hit on his knee last Sunday, writhing around in pain. I thought he was going to be out a couple of days at least. Nope. Goes on to have one of his best weeks of the season. Eight for 23, two homers, and eight RBI in six games. Otani, Biggio, Story, Machado, Edmund, Abreu. Anything that you'd like to add on any of these players? I don't think so. Did you mention Jose Ramirez and his two steals to, on a Monday? Because those were... His first steal since May 19th. That is a pretty long time. I mentioned it during the news and notes, but yeah, it was. it's good to see him running again, for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. No, I mean, none of these were surprising. I, I know you were I- expressed concern about Edmund a while back, Frank, and he was pretty useless for a few weeks there, but um, player slump sometimes. When, and... Uh, Still makes a lot of contact, still runs. He's back. He's fine. He's usable. I think it's worth uh, talking about Kevin Biggio, I guess. You know, the 91 mile per hour exit velocity. You did mention him during this, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, 91 mile per hour average exit velocity since coming back from the IL. Um, He came back from the IL like middle of June. Did he play much in June before that? I can't remember the way it how how it worked. He was out all of June until he came back, right? Yes. Okay, so you're looking at 93 mile per hour average exit velocity in the month of June. I have to imagine that's the highest of his career, um, (laughs) given how middling his average exit velocities have been. Um, That's interesting. You know, given the fact that he's been so middling and he'd been fantasy relevant before that, if he can, you know, consistently be someone who does hit the ball at least, you know, at an average exit velocity with an average hard hit rate, which he isn't doing the latter of, you know, I, I think there's there's an interesting player there. If not, you know, we'll see if this can sustain so far in the very early goings in July. It hasn't. He's struck out five times in five, 12 plate appearances entering tonight, but... Um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, he's not running nearly as much. At least worth noting. 
Yeah, for sure. I, he's not running as much, but any exposure to the Blue Jays lineup right now is something that I would want on my fantasy team because they are amazing. So, uh, especially if he's hitting the ball this hard. If someone hasn't realized how good he's been, if you want to buy, he's like a buy medium. I, I would look into that for uh, Kevin Biggio, who has all the positional flexibility in the world. Uh, some waiver options in terms of pitchers that were not nearly as good as Logan Gilbert, Joe Ross, and Zach Thompson. But they were pretty good over the weekend. Uh, Chris Flexen, six innings, one run, five strikeouts. Basically, just pitch him at home. He's got a sub-two ERA at home this year and an ERA around seven on the road. Drew Smiley, his last four starts, he's got a 1.21 ERA with a 0.99 whip. He's 48% rostered. I'm not sure if you guys have realized this, but despite Alex Cobb's 4.60 ERA, his underlying numbers are fantastic. Specifically you, Chris. I think you should look into Alex Cobb. He's been really good. Uh, Tyler Anderson. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Tyler Anderson's last three starts, he's got a 2.41 ERA. Tyler McGill for the Mets. Uh, he was pretty good on Monday. Five innings, one run, seven strikeouts. He had 16 swinging strikes. Kwang Hyun Kim at the Giants. Seven shutout, two walks, two strikeouts. Flexen, Smiley, Cobb, Tyler Anderson, Tyler McGill, and Kwang Hyun Kim. Give me your two favorite. Scott. My two favorite are McGill and Flexen. I've been pretty excited about Ridiculous. McGill's. What? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Show Alex Cobb some some love. I've been pretty excited about McGill's since I first learned he was getting called up and, and you know, looking at how impressive his minor league numbers were. Um, and this was his most impressive start. It was third, the third start, but it was the most impressive. Two hits in five innings, seven strikeouts, 16 swinging strikes. Seven on the fastball and eight on the changeup. The changeup is supposedly a work in progress. It's supposedly his least developed pitch, and he got his most swinging strikes on that one in this outing. He had 14 swinging strikes for what it's worth in his previous outing, and those were pretty pretty well distributed between three pitches, the fastball, the changeup, and also the slider. Uh, so kind of like I was saying for Zach Thompson, he, he, he shows more effective pitches than you'd expect a pitcher first getting called up. And both of those guys are in their mid-20s, so they're maybe a little more developed than, than uh, a top prospect getting promoted. But they're performing. They're performing in the majors, and I think the stuff is good enough that maybe it can continue. All right, so the top two for Scott, Chris Flexen and Tyler McGill. Chris, would your top two be the same, or is Alex Cobb in there? McGill and Cobb. I think Flexen's just a guy. At least Cobb is getting strikeouts. He is, he is just a guy, but he's a hot guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Alex Cobb, by the way, I'm joking with Chris, but uh, 4.60 ERA on the season. The underlying numbers are very good. I know I've told people, like, don't stream him. I don't fully trust it. I, I want to see more, even though these underlying numbers are great, but 58% ground ball rate. He's getting more whiffs this year. Strikeouts have been there for... Alex Cobb. It was a revenge game against the Baltimore Orioles, so some added motivation. How about if you're playing a deeper league? I got some names here. Eric Lauer, he was at the Pirates, six and a third, one run, four strikeouts. Kyle Freeland, his last three starts, Kyle Freeland, 0.53 ERA, 17 strikeouts, over 17 innings pitched, 
with a 59% ground ball rate for Kyle Freeland. Uh, Jordan Lyles, his last nine games, has a 3.78 ERA. And then Wiley Peralta. That's right. That Wiley Peralta. The one that was going to be the closer one year for the Royals. I, I think he pitched for the Brewers at some point as a starting pitcher. He's had a long career. Somehow he's on the Tigers now. At Texas on, I think it was Monday, seven shutout with six strikeouts. He has allowed just one run over his last two starts, Wiley Peralta. Lauer, you, you, go ahead, Scott. You may remember Wiley Peralta's Willie Peralta. Is, is it Willie Peralta? It's Willie Peralta. Oh, well, then I just completely... Because <laughs> there's only one L there, so it's kind of misleading. You may, you may know him... Uh, from his uh, appearances in a series of cartoons where he plays Wiley Coyote. <laughs> All right, I deserve that. Uh, Eric Lauer, Kyle Freeland, Jordan Lyles, Willie Peralta. Uh, anything to see here for these deeper waiver wire pitchers? Uh, probably not. I mean, Freeland had changed his pitch mix uh, with more breaking balls and it was seeing more success, but I think he reverted back. In this most recent start, he did. you know, pitch, pitch a pitch to contact guy for the Rockies. I mean, I'm just not going to invest in that. Mm-hmm. Peralta's been a good ground ball pitcher throughout his career, uh, but obviously it hasn't had much success. He did have a 275 ERA in six minor league starts before getting the call to the Tigers, and then has put together back to back pretty good starts here. But it's it's not enough for me to for me to make a move for a 32 year old who nobody's heard of. In uh, in five years, and he wasn't good then. Let's hit some pitching standouts. Part one from the weekend: Zach Wheeler up against the Padres, just keeps chugging along. Seven and two thirds shutout with nine strikeouts. Max Scherzer up against the Dodgers, six innings pitched, eight strikeouts. Spin rates down a little bit on his slider. Uh, they've been down in general for Max Scherzer, but has not affected his production whatsoever. Alec Manoa versus the Tampa Bay Rays, his coming out party. Best start of the season. Seven shutout with 10 strikeouts against Tampa Bay. Sonny Gray returned against the Cubs. Five innings, one run, eight strikeouts. Actually, should have mentioned him earlier. Spin rate's way down for Sonny Gray. 450 RPM on the slider. Curveball was down 235 RPM. He did play with Trevor Bauer last year. Well, it's not even that. Like, the driveline baseball is... one of the drive line baseball guys is like the director of pitching development or something with the Reds. And yeah, I think it's Kyle body. Yeah. They've done a lot of research on the effects of spin rate and sticky substances uh, while working with various major league pitchers. So, you know, do with that what you will. Eduardo Rodriguez at the Oakland A's had six shutout with six strikeouts and he has back-to-back quality starts. He's allowed just two runs with 14 strikeouts over his last 12 innings pitched. He's 80% rostered. Erod might be out there in some shallower leagues, uh, shallower point leagues for sure. Wheeler, Scherzer, Manoa, Sonny Gray, Erod. Chris, you get first dibs. Well, I guess second dibs because you already talked, but go ahead. I I guess Manoa is the most interesting just because we've seen... um, flashes of really good pitching from him, but this is the best that we've seen from him. But overall, you look at the numbers and it feels like he's been disappointing. And then I look at it and he's got a 270 ERA. And even before this start, you know, he was above average strikeout rate, pretty good ERA. Um, he looks pretty legit and he is actually pretty comfortable with that changeup. He's thrown it more than 10% of the time in three of his last four starts, uh, including 13% of the time in this start. So, you know, I think uh, I think Alec Manoa is pretty good. 
All right, pitching standouts part two from the weekend. Robbie Ray up against the Tampa Bay Rays. Seven innings, two runs, six strikeouts. He has a quality start in six of his last seven starts. Zach Greinke at Cleveland, seven and two-thirds, three runs, eight strikeouts, 18 swinging strikes. That's pretty damn good for Zach Greinke. Uh, And then Herman Marquez, who we... I've talked about quite a bit recently. Scott has never been on any of the podcasts where we talk up Herman Marquez. So we've got to get your thoughts here, Scott. Up against the Cardinals at home, six innings, two runs, 11 strikeouts, 20 swinging strikes on 95 pitches. 11 starts now since May 9th for Herman Marquez. 2.38 ERA, 13.9% swinging strike rate, 54% ground ball rate. Come on, Scott. You coming around? Well, and one of those starts during that stretch was an eight earned run in two two thirds of an inning disaster. Yep. So just imagine what his numbers would look like if that didn't happen. Well, he has wow. a two thirty five ERA for the season if you just take out the two starts with the eight earned runs, which obviously yeah. Well, I, I was just noticing you can't really that do now. Do that, but my impression of Herman Marquez is that he was basically terrible before this this. Uh, this 11 start stretch as you referred to, Adam. Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 Frank. whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think that's the first time that's happened. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all good. I, well, I, I mean, call my like, kids the wrong name half the time. So He only had three quality starts in his first seven. He was pretty bad. The, com- the, control, the control was really yeah. bad early in the season. Lots of walks. I think it was the first mm-hmm. month of the season. His walks per nine were over five. Like that's really, really bad. But oh, you know what I did? I looked at the game log backwards because you know how some <laughs> game logs, they, the earliest part of the season is at the top, and in some game mm-hmm. logs, the early part of the season is at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. Yeah, he wasn't that good in April. My my recollection was accurate, but yeah, I mean, he had a six twenty one ERA after that May fourth start. I don't know. I mean, good for him. He's turned it around. It's still hard to trust him at home. It'll always be hard to trust him at home. Hopefully, it's not his home for that much longer. I don't know. The amazing thing is, he's only made four starts at home in that 11-start stretch. And he's been... No, he's sorry. He's only made four starts on the road in that 11-start stretch. (laughs) You were looking at it backwards this time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard in the 5 by 5 leagues, especially to trust in him, I feel like. Because at least in the points leagues, you know, if, if he pitches well, he's going to give you the volume and you don't care so much about how many base runners he gives up. Uh, but lately, it's just been good across the board. So, I, I don't know. I don't have anything that that uh, intellectual to say about it. Just, uh, you know, he's been good more often than he's been bad in recent years and he seems to be doing it again. Yeah, I mean, he's got like a 360 ERA right now. I think that's kind of what he is more often than not. It might be frustrating and ups and downs on the way there, yeah. but you know, that was why I had him as a top 50 starting pitcher coming into the season. I've moved him just outside of my top 50 starting pitchers. I was pretty aggressive with moving him up just because, I mean, this is a pretty extended stretch now where he's pitched very well. So uh, for Herman Marquez, he's pitching really well at home this year too. 3.06 ERA at Coors Field. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's on, he's on a super affordable contract right now too. Yeah, signed through 2024. If the Rockies want to move him, now is the time to do it with him pitching this well and on this contract because they get on it theoretically get should be able to get a good amount in return for him. Imagine the haul they'd get if they paired him in story. Yeah, the Rockies aren't going to trade those guys. 
You know, it'd be kind of like the haul Cleveland got for Lindor and uh, Garaska, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, pitching standouts part three. Uh, Nick Pavetta at Oakland, seven shutout with 10 strikeouts. Last time out, I told you you could drop him. Good job, Frank. James Caprillion <laughs> versus the Red Sox, seven innings, one run, 10 strikeouts, 20 swinging strikes against the Red Sox. Very impressive there for Caprillion. And Anthony DiScalfani, a.k.a. Scott, will not say that he's a must-start starting pitcher at Arizona Eight and two thirds, two runs, seven strikeouts. Just keeps chugging away. Pavetta, Caprillion, Desclafani. You know, one of the more notable all-star snubs is Anthony Desclafani because there's no denying the numbers he's put up so far. It's just, where does he go from here? That's that's what I question. He's got a 391 XFIP, more than a point higher than his ERA. And uh, you know, less than a strikeout per inning. So he's he's got some he's got some shortcomings, Anthony Desclefani, as I've been saying all along. You know, the, the pitcher I actually like the most of this trio, I think, is James Caprillion. I think that's fair. I, I yeah. think I prefer Desclefani, but I think it's it's reasonable. I, I mean, there is there is the not so small issue of him being a rookie with an extensive injury history, and yeah. how are they going to handle him in the second half? But just in terms of what the underlying numbers look like, not to mention the the on the surface numbers, very impressive for James Caprillion. I will point out he's got a two point eight four ERA at this point, Caprillion. With a 4.22 xFIP, he gives up a lot of fly balls, 46% fly ball rate. The difference between someone like him and Manoa is that he pitches in Oakland, so it's a little bit yeah. easier to get away with uh, giving up that many fly balls yeah, in a park like and, that. And look, he has a higher xFIP than Desclafani. So, I, I don't Hypocrite. know. That, that was a, that was very inconsistent. <laughs> very inconsistent. Well, you know what distinction Scott? I drew between the two. I guess I like Desclafani the most. Okay, of consistency is the hobgoblin of feeble minds, mm. as someone said. Ralph Waldo Emerson or someone? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Chris, I don't know. Where, like, where do you come up Some with smart this? Guy. Where do you the come up with this stuff, man? Like, I, like some of the things you say, I've just I've never heard in my life. Oh, it was Ralph Waldo Emerson. God, I'm so smart. All right. Let's wrap up the call to the pen. Some bullpen updates we've already mentioned. Uh, Heath Hembry has had two saves over the weekend for the Cincinnati Reds. Amir Garrett was, he pitched earlier one of the uh, games in the seventh. Brad Brock was pitching in the seventh and the eighth inning. Neither of those guys were available on Saturday because they've been pitching a lot recently. So Hembry got another save there. Your guess is as good as mine for Cincinnati's bullpen. The Kansas City Royals. Maybe it's Scott Barlow. I don't know. They kind of do this thing where... They go to a different reliever for a couple of weeks at a time. But Scott Barlow oh. picked up two saves with Greg Holland being used in the eighth inning for both of those. He's twenty. But I was I, I was waiting for Barlow to get his chance because he's he's had the best numbers in that bullpen for a while now, and um, it was one of my higher priority pickups this weekend. Scott Barlow was all right. Scott, would you take Barlow over any of the Reds and any of the Phillies? Yes, I would, although uh, I don't see it in your notes here, but I, I'm thinking, is it Ron Hare Suarez or Ranger Suarez? It's spelled like Ranger. Um, but he's a left-hander, actually a former starting pitcher prospect uh, who has a .85 ERA in their bullpen this year, .7 whip. The, the, the strikeout rate is low, but he's a, I believe he's a good ground ball pitcher. And uh, obviously his... 
prevented damage and he got his first save over the weekend. Uh, I, I Hector Neres had like a six run outing. So, you know, he's, he, he continues to disqualify himself and obviously Jose Alvarado has been a disaster. So Joe Girardi said, uh, he liked the way Suarez looked in the ninth there and, um, didn't necessarily say he's the closer now, but kind of hinted at it. And so, yeah, I, I like Scott Barlow more, but Suarez is probably my, what was the second, my second choice among emerging closer candidates when I did waivers this weekend. Suarez is 14% rostered on CBS for those of you who play in deeper categories leagues and for Hector Neris. He gone, he gone, and he gone, and he gone. He go. For the Giants, each of Jake McGee and Tyler Rogers had a save over the weekend. Uh, for the Tigers, Gregory Soto allowed three earned runs on Sunday. Jose Cisnero recorded the final out for his fourth save. For the Marlins on Monday, Yimi Garcia was used in back-to-back days. So Anthony Bender came in and got his first save. And maybe the handcuff there, if something happens to Garcia or they decide to trade him at the deadline, Bender's got really good numbers for the season. And for the Twins on Monday, Taylor Rogers recorded five outs between the seventh and eighth innings. And then Hansel Robles got his eighth save. Robles has the last three saves for the Minnesota Twins. To stream or not to stream for Tuesday, Jamison Tyone at the Mariners, Dane Dunning versus the Tigers, John Gray at the Diamondbacks, Ryan Weathers versus the Nationals, Johnny Cueto versus the Cardinals, and Merrill Kelly versus the Rockies. I will go with John Gray at Arizona. That's pretty yep. easy. Yep. Uh, Tyone at Seattle is probably my second favorite. Yep. And then if I was forced to pick a third, mm, I guess Merrill Kelly against the Rockies in Arizona. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You know what they say about Merrill Kelly? He's no Alex Cobb. Well, they should who say is? That if they don't. <laughs> For I don't know who they are, but for Wednesday to stream or not to stream, Drew Smiley at the Pirates, Brady Singer versus the Reds, Andrew Heaney versus the Red Sox, Alec Mills versus the Phillies, Antonio Senzatella at the Diamondbacks. This group is awful, and I'm going to try to find more on a different website. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could maybe be convinced to start Drew Smiley at Pittsburgh if if I was under duress. Drew Smiley's pitching well, Scott. I know you don't like him, but. His last four starts, he's been really good. He has gotten good results, but I believe he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe even more more guy-y than Chris Flexen. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, there's no one available. Jay Happ versus the White Sox, no. Will Crow versus the Braves, no. I, I think if I was going to do any of them, I might just throw a dart at Brady Singer just because I think he's the most talented of this group. Oh, man. I'm just oh, I'm so over with Brady Singer. Drew Smiley's probably the <laughs> only one that I'd... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Antonio Sanditella, nah. All right, Drew Smiley it is. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Oh, by the way, we didn't get to Team Name Tuesday today, but I will include your team names on Wednesday. So Team Name Wednesday, that's coming up tomorrow. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. 
As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.